What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com, where you'll find links to our merch and all of our previous episodes. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today we're joined for the third time. This might be a record. The third time we're joined by Saxon drummer Nigel Glockler today. Uh, Nigel's got a lot going on. Um, Saxon just put out a new record called More Inspirations. It's a covers record. Uh, it follows the previous album called Inspirations. It also was a covers record. So between the two records, you're hearing cover tunes by Rainbow, Nazareth, The Stones, uh, even Toto, Kiss. So well-rounded, interesting stuff. Um, Nigel's joining us today to talk about his latest project. It's a band called The Flood. Uh, features Nigel on drums, Billy Sheehan on bass, and a couple guys that American audiences may not be very familiar with, but they're they're well-known in Europe and in the, in the UK. Jim Kirkpatrick on guitar plays in a band called FM. Uh, the keyboard player is named Dig Digital. Gotta love that name. He's also from the band FM. And the singer is a guy named Chris Usi, uh, who's just got a great voice. Uh, the album kind of, Jason and I were going back and forth on what does it sound like? What do you hear? And I mentioned to Nigel that I hear little, little, little bits of David Coverdale in the vocals. Jason, I think, says he hears a little bit of Foreigner. Yeah, there, there's overall, some, things, some things that stuck out uh, as well. Sorry to interrupt. Is uh, is the blues, the blues bass rock, heavy rock, which yeah. makes me think of like old White Snake. Yeah. Um, and the cover deal, I, I didn't hear right away, but I heard Lou Graham from Foreigner right away. So between the cover deal and the Lou Graham, it's like the, the guy can sing his ass off. Yeah, he's a great singer. Yeah. Um, and, and the album as a whole, you know, we sort of described it as like heavy AOR. So it, it's very, mm. it's got a lot of classic hard rock elements, uh, but it's also very melodic and great musicians. I mean, do I even have to get into it with Nigel Glockler and Billy Sheehan? But the surprise for me uh, was Jim Kirkpatrick on guitar because my ears are not familiar with his playing and he's just ripping on this record. Yeah, to uh, throw a bone to FM for a second, I swear I have some like, you know, British rock uh, compilation records and there's a song or two from FM on some of those. And and if if not in my collection, I've seen FM on a lot of records like that as well as on like, a lot of uh, Euro festivals, the FM will be one of the support bands. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they've been around a long time. I think Nigel mentioned that um, uh, uh, it, it was either him or one of the, or Dig was in Magnum for a while. It was in a band with members of Magnum. And all, Magnum is also one of those bands that's always included on those big British rock uh, comp records or yeah. uh festivals when you see a big lineup in your favorite heavy metal magazine whatever uh, yeah. classic rock usually kerrang stuff like that so those names have floated around my my fandom for ages decades so yeah. uh to know that the background uh we're talking about the flood 
uh, about the band that makes up the flood uh it's it's lineage it's classic so when you hear the songs and it sounds like this heavy british rock well because that's kind of defined by who's in the band. The surprise yeah. uh, wild card, maybe just a little bit, just by namesake, is Billy Sheehan. Mm. Um, I think that uh, Nigel talks about how the original bassist couldn't, you know, had to had to bail, and then they just the label called up Billy. But uh, w it's basically a kind of an all star band, whether you know the names or not. Exactly. A uh, cool band named The Flood. Now, floods are dangerous, and, and, and we mentioned that it's kind of a friendly record. Uh, AO, major AOR sounding, like, uh, you know, it it might be dark-themed in some ways, but I can hear it on the radio. So, oh, yeah. you know, I can hear it next to the classic rock, you know, regulars. Yeah, absolutely. Because so, it's that style. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, very, very melodic AOR style rock. And the collective pedigree of the band is, is off the, is off the hook. Uh, and the rhythm section, man, you put Billy Sheehan and Nigel Glockler together. Wow. I mean, you, you can't even dream up a better rhythm section than that. So. Yeah. We uh, talk about how, how the record was record written and recorded uh, with Nigel today and um, also his calendar. Yeah. Yeah. So the album's called, the band is called The Flood. The album is called Hear Us Out. It's available now. You can look for that. Uh, we get into a discussion with Nigel about the, the recording of that record and that band. Uh, the latest album from Saxon is called More Inspirations. Uh, he tells us that Saxon is well underway with a new uh, studio album. There are tour plans for the summer. And we talk a little bit about the departure of Paul Quinn. Uh, so always great to have Nigel. Uh, he's our favorite honorary Texan. He's so fun. That laugh. I love that laugh. So <laughs> contagious. I say, I say it all the time. It's the yeah. best laugh in rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always happy to have him. Nigel Glockler on the Talk Louder podcast. How are things in Dallas? Great. It's a bit chilly today, actually. Same here. I yeah. know. I can't get used to this Texas weather. It was like about several days ago. It was like nearly 90. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. hoodie time. It's like, geez. You know. Yeah. I think I've put my hoodie away four times this year. I have to keep going back and finding it again. <laughs> That's how it goes. And I know you love the Texas heat. So uh, I, I, I'm sure you're just waiting for that summertime heat wave. I am. I definitely am, you know, but although most of the summertime, I'm going to be over in Europe. Ah, you well. know, so I'm going to miss the real burn, but, uh, but I, you know, I'll get back when it's just slightly cooling down, which will be perfect, you know. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. I do want to talk about your summertime plans. And, and of okay. course, we're going to need to get an update from you on Saxon, but um <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit about The Flood, uh, your latest project. Um, great album, by the way. It's called Hear Us, Hear Us Out. Um, how did this come together? I, I had no idea this was in the works, and then all of a sudden there's tracks available and a full album and artwork and a lineup and all that stuff. So, so tell me how it came about. No, it was, um, you know, I know Jim Kirkpatrick from FN really well, you know we're constantly sending each other beer porn, you know, <laughs> and uh, both beer heads. 
And uh, he suddenly, he was suddenly, I mean, it, we did this, um, you know, over a year ago, actually. And um, he uh, he just rang me up and said, look, I'm, I'm doing this album with Chris Uzi. And, uh, you know, we'd like you to play drums on it. So I went, yeah, great. Okay. You know, so uh, went up to the sort of Midlands stroke north of England to a studio there and banged down the drum tracks, you know. So did you guys, uh, did you record this in person or were your parts done remotely and then it was brought together electronic or digitally or how did, how did the process work? Yeah. I mean, um, Chris, um, I mean, Jim had done a lot of, a lot of his guitar parts in his own studio. So yeah, I guess most of it was done kind of remotely. Yeah. You know, okay. but, uh, you know, I mean, funnily enough, I mean, in a way that's quite how I like to record. Yes, yes, you've mentioned that before. I think, but it's quite like because it kind of takes the, I find it kind of takes the pressure off a bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, it's, I I think we've said this before, but I've, I've always found when you're all together, yeah, I know you get the vibe in the studio, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I always like to record with a click track. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you can sort of pull back slightly back from the click track, say for a verse and then push it for a chorus and then pull back again. You know, you're still yeah. on the click, but you, you know, um, but that, the takes a, like, that, that can take some time for some people. Some people can't float. Yeah. On, on I mean, the click I, like I, that. Learn it from the toyer days. Oh yeah. Click. <laughs> Basically because, you know, in those days it was like, there were a lot of, sequencing going on sequences yeah and you, had, you know like i mean bands like duran duran were doing it a load of the sort of new wave bands were using these sequences uh synthesizer sequences and you had to be dead on with them otherwise it sounded like rubbish you know if you yeah. were out of sync with them it, it was just a mess so um no i mean how about, how I, about live are you are you using a click have you no. have you been no, no. not live you... live to me is a different beast yeah obviously if there were such things as you know a sequential a very complicated sequential thing then you might have to yeah yeah you know or just have some semblance of a click sort of thing but no generally i don't know i don't like to use a click my thing for live sorry i'm jumping away from no it's okay my thing from live is if it sounds a bit slow then it's right (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you've adrenaline pushing it i mean we you know every drummer's done it i've been accused of it everyone oh that's far too fast yeah you know yeah but i try and sort of if something if something starts too fast say someone else has started something i try and pull it back you know makes makes all the sense in the world to me if it feels a bit slow then then you're right where you need to be right yeah yeah you're fighting you're fighting your adrenaline sorry your adrenaline is trying to make you pump it up and you're going nope nope i'm not gonna submit to you i mean (laughs) there have been times when i have yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah admit to and if they don't they're liars Uh, um, but uh no i mean i i like to record remotely because you know i haven't got to worry about uh, anyone else screwing up a take right. you know, yeah. because 
something goes, it's all very well. Yeah, in my head, I know how the song goes, so I'll just keep going. But someone else may come in completely the wrong beat, mm-hmm. bar or yep. whatever. So you end up stopping. And I think for a drummer, it's, uh, I mean, well, for me personally, I find it's usually my between first and fourth takes are my best ones because it's kind of fresh. And uh, and after that, whoever screwed it up might be me, whatever. After that, it's just like, oh, God, we just got to get this track done. And you don't go for it. Yeah, yeah. Take risks. You lose some of the... From a point of view, you know, for me. Yeah. you know, and so I find, I mean, for instance, the album Sacrifice, the Saxon album Sacrifice, mm-hmm. I did the drum tracks on that, um, including getting drum sounds in three days. Wow. I just hammered it because I was confident with the songs. You know, the guys came in with the first with the first tape, put a guitar track down and bass track. And then after that, if I wasn't happy, sometimes I was lucky to get a first take. But if I wasn't happy with that or they weren't happy with it, I could say, right, get out of the room, you go somewhere else, leave me to it, and then I'd do it. I hadn't got to worry about them getting bored or whatever or me worried someone else was going to screw up or I was. Right, right. Uh, Anyway, the flood thing, that's how it happened. So I went up to a studio um, in the sort of Midland-ish north of England and uh, it was just me, Jim, and and uh, recording engineer Dan, and we just banged them down. Were you and Jim uh, recording that live takes, or were, were was Jim just laying down a scratch? Jim had already laid down scratches. Very good. Studio, so it was just me, mm-hmm. and it, and it was quite good because in a way it was it was pretty good um, because we could sort of liaise. You know, obviously he'd put program drums on the demos. Sure. So say, what do you think about this part? And we could sort of drop in and 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 do you know experiment on the fly as it goes. As you, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's. I was going to ask you how much of this was already written, and then you came into the picture versus how much did you contribute? How organic was the was the songwriting for this album? I mean, the song. I mean, Jim and Chris had written it all. Anyway, it was all written, but it was like, I mean, from a, from an organic sort of point of view, you know, with my sort of what I put into it, it was, it was like, you know, why don't we try this? What do you think here? Should we use the ride symbol here or should we use this beat? So, we, you know, I already had what Jim had programmed, but then, you know, we discussed almost the same as the six by six thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was the same thing. So we discussed. Well, let's try this there. Yeah, let's do that. So it was, you know, for so the, a listen, for a listener. I'm sorry, Dave. For for a listener's uh, sort of like view or or aspect, um, upon listening to you know this record, you know, two songs or the entire record. Yeah. If you can, if you could separate, you know, it's like uninvolve your, you know, you know what you know what's going on, but if you could take yourself out of the picture and you were, yeah. you were just a listener, a passerby. Yeah. How would you describe the overall color or tone or style? I mean, I hate putting stuff in boxes, you know, oh, right. Um, but I mean, it's a rock and roll record. That's what yeah, it fucking is. Record, but, but you know, 
but, but to play the game to play the game if you were going to separate yourself and just listen to the record as a rock and roll music fan what yeah. kind of like description would you play with i mean it's a pretty it's i mean instrumentally it's quite heavy yeah instrumentally, but then you've got you know some of chris's vocals are really melodic yeah oh you know, definitely so it's kind of bordering. I suppose you you kind of a heavy AOR album. I don't know. You know? Yeah, exactly yeah, what you, I would have called you're it. You're nailing that. Dave, Dave was sort of playing this game yesterday via text and saying it's he pretty much said the same thing. Yeah. When I when I listened to it, I I was um you know, being uh, I was toying with it by way of uh Oh, I hear Lou Graham. You know, I hear a, a foreigner vibe here. Yeah. Oh, but, but then I just hear this uh, British blues rock via, uh, you know, Whitesnake or, uh, you know, yeah. older kind of a, you know, not so much purple, but but yeah, purple. You know, uh, you know, there, it was this sort of wash of different things. And then I just found myself listening to it as a rock and roll fan, too. Yeah, saying, this is strong. This I could hear this on the radio. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the reviews we've been getting have been amazing, actually. You know, um, yeah. and it's definitely some of Jim's heaviest playing. Yeah, he's, he's great. I yeah. mean, some of the guitar solos on this record are just ripping. Been a great guitarist. Yeah, and, um, and Didge, you know, the original FM keyboard player. I mean, he's put some great stuff on there too. Yeah, we should introduce the band uh, to our listeners and viewers because um, obviously you and Billy Sheehan are, are the are the best known names as far as American audiences. And I'll be honest, I didn't know much about Chris or or Jim or Didge. Uh, but when I listened to the record and I was like Jason said, we were texting each other last night saying, what do you hear? What do you hear? And I said, in Chris's voice, I hear inflections of david coverdale just inflections he doesn't sound he's not a carbon copy of david coverdale but i hear these little inflections that remind me of coverdale and right. then jason came back and said he hears some foreigner lou graham yeah. and i said yes yeah, spot on and then i sort of had this overall perception that it sounds to me like heavy aor rock yeah yeah uh, but for the sake of our listeners uh we need to introduce the band because the band is great uh jim kirkpatrick on guitar just blazing guitar solos on this thing. Yeah. And he's known in, in the UK and in Europe and elsewhere in the world as the guitars for FM, the band yeah. FM. Um, uh, the, the he keyboard. does a lot of stuff too, you know? Yeah, I, I think you have a history with him, right? Um, no, not so much me, but um, he, he does. We actually did the um, cozy, we did a cozy pal birthday bash one year. Okay. Uh, friend of ours was doing this and um so that was the first time actually jim and i got to play together because oh, okay. uh, we you know he toured with us supporting us with fm and um this sort of thing came up about the birthday bash and basically it's using one of cozy pal's drum kits oh wow nice and uh, which in itself was a bit of a nightmare actually because what <laughs> it's just two 26 inch kit drums Oh, right. I think the two rack toms are either 
14 or 15 inch. They're massive, these things. Some folks wouldn't even be able to see over the over those things. <laughs> well, I've got a funny story about that. It's oh, like, good. And, it, and then in those, you know, in those kind of days, I don't think there were such things as hi-hat clamps for the second kick drum. So you right. just had to sort of move the legs around and get the, get the hi-hat as close as possible to you. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, nowadays, I mean, it's like mine, the pedals are actually alongside my left-hand kick drum and the hi-hat. It's literally resting on each other, next to each other. Yeah. Just sort of move my foot easy. But then it was like you had to sort of hoist your leg up and get over on the hi-hat and then, you know. And funnily enough, um, Russell from Russell Gilbert from Uriah Heap, you know, he's in his short little guy. He was he was playing one of the songs and he said, for God's sake, this hi-hat's in another zip code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but if, anyone, but if anyone could handle it, I would think it would be you because your kit with Saxon is a monster. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, it's just, you know, you've got the muscle memory thing as well. So it was set up exactly like Cozy's kit. Oh, right. right. And, and then, it, you know, you've got crash symbol. And of course, with muscle memory, I mean, with my kit, I, I can close my eyes and I know where everything is. Right. So I can see your if you had like a GoPro cam on strapped to your fucking knee, your left foot would have been missing the hi hat pedal the whole time. Yeah, exactly. You would have been stomping exactly. in between the two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. stomping right because of I your mean, muscle memory from your kit. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh. I mean, there's some, there's some YouTube of it. Oh great! Because <laughs> me did uh, there was me Jim. Um, oh god. Um, the original keyboard player from uh, Magnum, and Neil Murray was playing bass. That's yeah. legendary shit, man. It was great. I mean, I know it was great. It's on YouTube. You'll find it. And we actually, awesome. most people were doing things like, you know, what did Cozy Power play on, you know, like Rainbow, all that kind of stuff, White yeah. Snake. And we decided to do a couple of Jeff Beck songs. Excellent. From, from the Jeff Beck group. There were two yeah. Jeff Beck group albums, you know, so we did a couple of those and it was great. I mean, we we took the evening without a doubt. It was great fun, you know. <laughs> I but love that, the way he I love we the never way he rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. We just went we just got up there, we both listened to the songs, we had a quick run through and sound check, and then we did it, you know. So that was the first time Jim and I had actually played together. Yeah. And then and then this thing, the flood thing came up. So yeah, he's from FM, he's great. Dig, digit, digital is um that's a great original. name <laughs> it is great isn't it it's brilliant he's <laughs> such a great guy too he's the original keyboard player from fm they've got a guy called gem now who's also brilliant but Dig was the original one and, and um, when they toured with us actually um Dig sometimes plays in a in an emerson lake and palmer tribute band fun okay right? So I was having constant fun with him. We were talking about this. So we'd finish our sound check. Did you be on stage setting his keyboards up? And I'd sneak up to my drum riser and I'd start playing a rhythm, maybe from an guess the Emerson Layton Palmer track. Fine. <laughs> you know, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on that. Yeah, no, it's great. And Chris has, I mean, Chris has done a load of different stuff. He was in, I think he was in Company of Snakes for a while. Kingdom of Madness, you know, he's done a load of different stuff. Yeah, and what a what a great singer. I mean, I I have to admit, I'd never really heard of him before until I'm listening I to think, the flood. I think he's in Company of Snakes, but I I know him from the from this band um, 
Kingdom of Man of uh, oh God, what's it called? Kingdom of Mag Magnum or Madness or something, which was like a, a ex members of that band Magnum. Okay, so he was in that, and um, but I'd heard stuff. He's been he's been on loads of stuff and great. Yeah. Stuff. I got I got the impression that he he's well known everywhere else in the world, but my ears just haven't heard him before. But when I did hear him, I was like, "Wow, this guy's a great singer." The whole band yeah. is great. So you've got Chris. You, you pronounce his last name Uzi. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Chris Uzi on vocals, Nigel I've, on drums. Jim it's, it's spelled O U S E Y. Whether it's Uzi, but I, I call it Chris Uzi anyway. So Chris, sounds you have more, to, sounds if, more rock and roll with Uzi. Yeah, 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 we're going to call him Uzi on this yeah. show. <laughs> I hope he doesn't mind. But the lineup is Chris Uzi on vocals, who's outstanding. Nigel on drums, who, of course, needs no introduction. Uh, Jim Kirkpatrick, who just lit me up when I listened to the record. I was like, wow, this guy's really good. Yeah. Uh, Dig Digital. And then uh, Billy Sheehan on bass. But I understand Billy wasn't the original bass player. So at what point did he come in and how did he get involved? Um, from what I understand, it was like the original bass player. I, I, I can't quite remember how the original bass player couldn't couldn't make it, but um, I think it was the uh, the record company contacted him. I think okay, and um, asked if he'd be interested. And he jumped at the chance. He loved, you know. He said, "Oh, I love it." So yeah. Now he tracks went to America and he did it. Do you have uh, Do you have any history with Billy? No, not at all. No, because when I saw on paper that the rhythm section of this band was you and Billy Sheehan, I just went mind blown. <laughs> that's uh, you couldn't make that. You couldn't make a better team than that. That's that's amazing that you guys uh, were able to put this together. What but, uh, the, you know, the tracks? That, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. The tracks. The tracks that you that you guys sent to Billy. Did they have your drums on them already? Yes. Did yeah. they have uh, the old bass tracks uh, just for suggestion, or were they empty? That I that I couldn't tell you because it was basically with Jim sorted all that out. So. Okay. Yeah, um, I listened uh, to the record a couple times yesterday, and I think my my favorite tracks at the moment, and that'll probably change in an hour. But <laughs> but my my favorites at the moment are are kind of opposite extremes. I really like. Can I call it home? which yeah. is kind of a slower, almost a ballady type song. And then uh, Stand Up is a full-on rocker. And, and I think uh, for people that know you as the drummer from Saxon, that's where you hear the Saxon-style drums is uh, uh, that track Stand Up. You, got it, <laughs> you, you really got it going on in that song. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was like just great fun. I mean, that was, you know, the whole recording thing was, was brilliant. You know, again, as I say, it was just me, Jim, and Dan, the engineer, in his studio, and we just went in there and tried things out, and boom, you know, and did it pretty quick too. So, yeah, and the album is called "Hear Us Out," and I it's it's currently available, correct? Yes. So people can buy it now. The band's yeah. called The Flood. The album is called "Hear Us Out." The logo is awesome. Who designed the logo? Do you know? No idea. Okay. No idea at all. As I say, I, I was just the tub thumper on it, you know. So. Sure. <laughs> I, I i see things like that though that logo is strong yeah uh, i'd put it up with anything it's very it's classic uh it kind of leans it lets you know that it's not necessarily a metal record yet it's very uh 
it it can it can scare you a little bit. Plus, I mean, you're called the flood. The flood ain't nothing nice. So <laughs> letting true. you know it's it's letting you know it's a fucking rock and roll record. So yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I mean, the other interesting thing was, you know, a lot of um, people have been sort of writing in and saying you've got to go out on tour. That's what my mm -hmm. next question. We want to see it. We want to see it. So I've talked to Jim about it. He's he's up for it. So you know. Let's see what happens. So the the question we always have on this show when we talk to musicians and touring, yeah. uh, especially if the band is based overseas, uh, would a tour also encompass North America? Or when you say touring, are you talking exclusively Europe and the UK? And, and I mean, if, if um, you know, if we could come here, then we'd do it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah I, I know it's there's a lot of challenges to bringing a band from overseas to America these days, more so than ever, from what I'm told. And uh, right. I hope you could put it together and bring it well, here. Yeah. Well, Nige is here half the fucking time anyway. <laughs> very true. Yeah, and, they, they just and moved Billy, into a spare Billy, bedroom. Billy's in Nashville. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so, true, true, true. You know? Um, I mean, I'm just know. trying to make it sound e doable and easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a booking agent, but I I'm was going to say, it. yeah. Well, if any booking agents out there hear it and listen to it, you know, get in touch, you know. So sure. Yeah. I'm sure um, we'd be up for it. I mean, Jim's definitely up for doing some shows. So, yeah. It's, you know, it's a great. It, thing, go ahead. Um, it's highly likely we're going to start on the second one this summer. Oh, wow. Very good. Wow. See, yeah. you're, you're staying very busy. The, the, I, I thought you were plenty busy with the, the new Saxon record just came out, and, I'll, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. the last time we had you on the show, you were uh, talking about your latest project, 6 by 6 yeah, uh, which is another great record that people should hear. Uh, yeah. We also talked about the possibility of that uh, touring. Yeah. Um, so give us a quick update and and you also said i think at the time that there was also another six by six record un underway in the works yeah, we've already started writing that yeah so i'm actually over to um to robert's studio in um near san jose i'm going there in mid-may to lay okay. down drum tracks that's wow. soon uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're yeah. busy you're busy oh, yeah. and you know i like to keep busy you know that's so great. From a touring point of view, it was a bit difficult because this year, um, because of the Saxon schedule and Ian's saga schedule, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, that that's what made this year a bit difficult. But we're definitely looking at next, you know, maybe the second quarter of next year. Okay. Doing touring with six, you know. I mean, initially it was going to, you know, it was going to be Europe. Um, but... Um, I'm actually trying to sort of find out about um, an agent in the U.S. to have us over over here. Right. Okay. You know, we're not. We don't want to. I mean, as regards the six thing, we don't want to go into anywhere. You know, too massive. I mean, up to five hundred seaters would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nice yeah. clubs. Yeah. 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 Clubs. Yeah. And there's loads of them around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's just a case of finding, you know, an agent that can push us. So we're sort of on the hunt for that at the moment. 
So uh, regarding uh, the flood, now now you're obviously very busy, but Billy Sheehan is very busy. So what would the likelihood be of you being able to do a tour with him, given all his other commitments? Yeah, I mean, we just have to see how, I mean, and Jim's pretty busy with FM too, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we work it out somehow. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you can pull it together because it's a uh, it's a great band. And I think American audiences especially uh, would be interested in in hearing the, the record yeah. and seeing the band live because it's a great band. And, you know, I, I like to think that I pay attention to what's going on out there. But this came out of the blue uh, <laughs> for me because I, I don't know any of these guys except you and Billy. And yeah. I'm I'm here to tell you guys listening that this is a solid band and, and well worth hearing. So check out the flood the album is called hear us out uh, and also six by six that's another great record also kind of in the same vein a little bit sort of that aor type music maybe um when we had you on last time we were talking about six by six and uh yeah. it, it kind of there's some parallels i think between six by six and the flood yeah it could be i mean um six by six might be a tad more progressive or experimental oh, exactly what i was gonna say yeah okay yeah. And, and the flood's more straight ahead, you know, yeah. hard rock. Hard, bluesy rock kind of, yeah. Yeah. Tell us uh, about um, Saxon. Um, Paul Quinn recently stepped down, and we just found out yesterday, I think, that uh, Brian Tatler from Diamond Head is going to step in. Yeah. Um, first of all, what can you tell us about Quinny's departure and then tell us – uh, how Brian got involved? Um, Paul just, you know, Paul was just sort of um, finding the touring a, a bit difficult. Yeah, I can't believe um, it. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he was playing great, you know, but oh, he, yeah. kept, he kept sort of, sorry, I've got a printer here going at the moment, sorry. That's fine. Um, he he was fine. He was finding yeah the touring a bit difficult to the point actually that he started questioning his own playing sometimes, you know, um, because he was finding it very tiring. Yeah. And we were going, no, you're playing, you know, you're playing like an absolute, you know, brilliant, you know. Right. And, uh, but he just decided that no, no, you know, I need to step back from this. So. You know, fair enough. I mean, it's a great shame because you know we'll sort of we'll really miss him. You know, I mean, it's been a long time. You know, um, the world the world will have uh, some sort of something to say about it because oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have been saying, you know, this is a shame, but thank you for what you've done and everything. And yeah. um, I mean, he's still going to be doing you know a couple of shows during the summer with us. Yeah. Um, will he continue but, uh, to write? Will he write with you guys too? That's to be seen. Okay. You know, I mean, all, um, and as regards Brian, I mean, there was a, there was a, a thing last year. I think it was during festival season. I think Quinny, Quinny was a bit unwell. I think whether he got flu or COVID or something, he was a bit unwell. So we weren't sure if he was going to be able to do, um, one or two of the shows so brian had been diamond head had been supporting us so we know brian really well right so brian had actually rehearsed the songs if necessary to do oh. a stand-in 
Ah, okay. So he was automatic. When this happened, he was like two-thirds of the way there anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Knowing the tracks that we were playing. And um, plus the fact, you know, I mean, some people have said, you know, you should have like a youngster in there and it just wouldn't work. You know, we've got to have someone from a the new wave of British heavy metal. The guy had to be, I mean, really, we had like, you know, Americans offered to us, Germans, all great players, but we thought, no, we've got to have a British guy. Yeah. You know, and of the same sort of age and the same era. Yeah. You know, and and for me, Brian was a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, Biff sort of hinted in the press that you guys were looking for someone from sort of the 80s era. And, yeah. and then my mind started racing. I'm like, oh, who could it be? Who would they? So can you tell us, were there were there any other names in the running that you were considering? Or, or was just was Brian just an absolute lock? Oh, I mean, we were names were being thrown at us all over the place, you know. But uh, I'm not going to mention any of them, though. But, hmm. you know, names were being but we just thought, no, that, uh, that wouldn't quite work. And then, you know, people were saying, oh, as I said before, people were saying you should get a, get a young guitarist, but that wouldn't work. You know, it's yeah. all very well getting one of these YouTube shredders, but <laughs> they're just going to go on stage and like shred, hey, look what I can do. Right, right. And we don't want that. What is it about? You mentioned uh, that that the that the incoming guitarist had to be British. What is it culturally that that? Why did they have to be British? Oh, I mean, because Saxon's a British band. It's been known as a British band. Dave, I mean, they're, they're called Saxon. Exactly. <laughs> the band is called Saxon, Dave. Right. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Saxon. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I when I saw that uh, that Brian was going to step in, I thought, oh, what a perfect choice, you know, because obviously yeah. you do share that same history. You're from the same era. You have toured together. Yeah, uh, it does seem like a no-brainer. So, uh, yeah, congratulations on 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 landing him. I, yeah. I'm sure he'll be a great addition. And and I do have to say, as sad as we are to see Paul step down. We can't not thank him for decades and decades of great riffs and, and right. service. And in, I mean, wow, you know, he might get up and play with us, you know, in the future again. So it's not like a sort of the door's not shutting per se, you know. Right. And right. and from and re Brian's thing, Diamond Head is still going. Yeah. Right. 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 So. So it, we, it remains to be seen how permanent Brian may or may not be, given his other commitments. Exactly. You yeah, know, but, but it's definitely, it's great. But definitely doing all our festivals over the summer. So. Great. It's great to um, not only that that it's it's Brian, but it's great sort of like to, to just fuse or you know squint and kind of see the the all of the colors at once uh i'm just kind of fanboying out here for a second if you guys don't mind <laughs> that's the, why we the idea it. of well it's why it's, it's why we have a podcast <laughs> exactly. uh, the, the idea that uh paul as much as brian helped create the movement sure. that saxon is a part of the diamond has a part of that Many, many that Iron Maiden is a part of, yeah. that Motorhead is a part of, et cetera. Angel Witch goes on and on and on. Yeah. The fact that this is Brian is makes it a no brainer for that reason. And that should be the reason that why 
it has to be British. Yeah. The gent has to be British. Yeah, it, it has to be from from this movement that you all helped create that sort of like Beatlemania kind of took over uh, many countries, not just America, but all worldwide. It created a havoc and it changed the way people started playing their guitars. Mm. And so, oh, yeah, Paul, Paul to Brian is it's synonymous to me. So I'm yeah. Excited, no, excited and sad at the same time. Like, like kind of Dave was eluding. That's it. That's exactly the way to put it. Yeah, it's very sad, but then there's new horizon, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited at the same time. Yeah. 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 And the YouTube shredder, the YouTube shredder has no business being involved in anything as classic as this is. And I'll just leave it at that. No, no, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not throwing rocks at anyone oh, who, sure. can, who can be impressive on camera on YouTube, because yeah. obviously people have gotten their the great some of the greatest gigs in the world by showing skills on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, sure, definitely. But yeah. not not in my new wave of British heavy metal. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, keep your YouTube shredder out of my uh, my yeah. new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, that's right. You keep your YouTube <laughs> shredder away from my heavy metal, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, some, some, I don't know now. I don't know whether anyone's been asking this. I, I, you know, I'm just going to put this up. I think in, I'm just going to sort of uh, say this. If um, I'm sure someone's going to say, "Well, are you going to play any uh, Diamond Head songs?" <laughs> well, of course they're going to say that. Who knows? That's all I can say. Never say never. But this wow. is not well, Diamond. That that's I, also, see, I would have never considered that. I would have never, no. I would have just thought the answer is no. People out there that'll be thinking about that. Yeah, I, I had some quandary. I, I had some interest in that. I wasn't going to ask anything, but yeah. but that I see that as an, an opportunity for Saxon to just kind of throw a nudge. Hey, let's welcome Brian. And then you go into a song and yeah. it might be kind of fun. Not planting I, seeds, but yeah. I think that would be okay if Diamond Head cease to exist ah but, but that's not the case yeah so, of course of course tread on their toes you know that's a no, good point course. good yeah. point um and this makes a nice segue thanks for setting me up nigel uh you're, you're <laughs> you've got saxon has another uh a new album out uh called more inspirations right okay um mm -hmm. and it is the second the first was called inspirations this is now the second one called more inspirations and it's a covers record yeah, and, um, I was uh, listening to some of it and looking over the track listing, and I thought it was interesting because when I hear Saxon covering, you know, uh, The Who or Uriah Heep or The Animals or Cream or something like that, that yeah. all makes perfect sense to me. But I have to say, I was really surprised that you guys covered a Kiss song because <laughs> I don't have you. I don't have you guys pegged as Kiss fans, but you do uh, Detroit Rock City. Yeah, more inspirations record. So, tell me who brought that to the table because I would have never pegged you for covering a Kiss tune. Biff actually brought that to the wow. table because he knew I was back in the day a mega Kiss fan. Wow. Ah, okay. Right. I mean, but I bought there. There used to be a um, well, a chain of stores actually in the UK called Virgin Records. Yeah. It was a big Virgin. There were two Virgin Records actually in, in my town in Brighton, and. Uh, Basically, we just used to go in there, you know, like Saturday morning and hang out and put headphones on and listen to stuff, you know. Yeah. And 
um, I they had this they had this album, the first Kiss album in there, on import, so it hadn't been released in England yet. Oh, okay. And I kept looking at this thing. What the hell is this? And <laughs> you know, after a couple of weeks, I thought it's no good. I'm just going to have to. I'm just going to have to buy this and check this out. Yeah. And hence became a Kiss fan. And I saw their second ever show in the UK at Hammersmith Odeon. Oh wow! Wow. And that was World War Three going off on stage. I'd never seen anything like it. Flames, bombs, oh everything. It was brilliant, you know. And that and that's back in what seventy four, seventy five, four. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, Kiss. Before, was... I think that was before Kiss Alive. It was just about the time Kiss Alive was just about to come out. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Wow. So have you ever, uh, do you have any history with Kiss? Did Saxon ever tour with Kiss? Um, we've, we've been on a couple of festivals in Spain with them, but um, never really sort of hung out with them, never really saw them. The, the, only, the only one time was we, we play after, I think it was after Donington in 82, the second Donington we played, we flew back and played the Palladium in New York. And... Uh, we were playing away and I happened to glance up and Gene Simmons was standing at the side of the stage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Did came you get to talk to him at all? He came up to the dressing room afterwards and said hi and everything. And, you know, so That's yeah, fun. you know, wow. Well, I was really surprised because all the other bands that you covered kind of made sense to me, but kiss kind of struck me as sort of the oddball. And can, so, I throw, can I throw something in here? Uh, yeah. Talking about Detroit rock city. And and me and Dave being huge Kiss fans, it's that might be their Kiss, you know, might be their their best song. I don't want to like start any shit, but mm. it could be their best fucking song when you kind of think yeah. about it. Um, it's, it's a great very, drum very song, well well written. That harmony solo in the middle reminds me of fucking Thin Lizzy. There's this yeah. all of these things that are kind of like these lightning bolts are happening in yeah. that song. It's it's. It's spot on rock yeah. song. Uh, it's yeah. an anthem. You, you see where I'm going, Dave? This this makes it fit what Saxon is doing when Saxon writes a song like This Town Knows How to Rock or even Dallas 1 p.m. where they're talking about these cities and places that Saxon has played and has maybe influenced or has stories of or or even historical marks that have influenced Biff to write words about da 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 da. Well, this is what Kiss has done when they wrote Detroit Rock City. So yeah. I feel like there's these spores that are sort of like crossbreeding to make it okay for Saxon to do a song like that. And when I think I have I've yet to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. I can That's almost great. hear what it's gonna sound like, at least a little bit. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys do anything different to the song? No, I think the arrangement's very slightly different. Okay. Uh, but no, generally, and funnily enough, actually, it was like, I mean, Biff sort of said, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, Kiss were a big influence on me. I mean, musically, I dispute that, although I will mm. say that that kind of uh, that kind of rhythm that Detroit Rock City is, that's what Peter Chris does on that. He's got these little <laughs> things going on. That's how I play something like, um, well, that's how I play a song in that rhythm. That yeah. sort it's of, a, it's almost a, like a, would you call that a shuffle? Because there's ghost notes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A kind of a shuffle, but yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. 
But so that's how I play it, how Peter Chris plays that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Chris was an influence on me. Yeah, it also sounds like I I can hear that. It also sounds to me like a little bit of Clive Burr, you know, right? There's ghosty things happening. Yeah. And that's the same sort of if I use the term loosely, shuffly kind of a vibe that's happening in those kind of songs. Blues shuffle, it's like yeah, exactly. It's a it's a great first of all, being a KISS fan, I love that song. So I was happy to hear you do it, but it's also a great uh, uh, cover for for the, the drums. Uh, yeah. That's one of those songs you actually, you know, a lot of people walk around and play air guitar all day long, but yeah. not a lot of air drumming. And that's a song that you play air drums to. That is an air drum. Yeah, that's very. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So bet- between the two uh, uh, Inspirations records, have you heard back from any of the original artists uh, with any feedback on your versions of their songs? Yeah, we heard. I mean, we heard from um, Steve Lukather. Okay. About, okay. And he thought our version of uh, Hold the Line was brilliant and yes. he felt really honored that we'd done it, you know. Wow. Another so great song, great. though. Yeah, it's a great it. song. Yeah. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Anyone so that- else? Um, we haven't heard, I'm, I'm trying, I don't think we've heard back from anyone else. Yeah. But I mean, maybe, you know, one of the other guys might've heard from yeah. someone. Well, Lucifer is a good endorsement. Yeah. That's a good sure. feather in your yeah, hat. We felt <laughs> for that. As soon as we saw that, we went, yes. You know, <laughs> I, I heard uh, a live, I, I think I watched a live foot live footage of, uh, of Razum and Naz. Yeah. You guys have played that one live. Yes, we yes. did it. Um, oh God, where were we? I think it was Glasgow. Mm. We did it, and I think we played Aberdeen as well. I think so. I think we did it in both things. We did it in Scotland anyway, because um, you know we were good friends with with Nazareth. I mean, I was particularly good friends. I'd, I'd known Daryl Sweet, the original drummer, from when I was about nineteen. Wow! Wow! Nineteen twenty, yeah. Because um, my parents had an apartment in Mallorca. Um, you know, on the Balearic Islands in the Mediterranean and um, mm-hmm. next to Ibiza. And uh, Darren, Daryl, bought the one underneath. So, wow. so, our, so our families used to, ha- you know, know each other and hang out a bit, you know, so. Wow. Well, the, I, I love both the covers records. I, I like the, uh, the, the array of, or, or the diversity of the music or whatever. Yeah. Great classic rock stuff uh, yeah. that's been Saxonized. Oh, um, yeah. Speaking of, and and then we'll let you go, uh, Carpe Diem was a great, great, great record. Um, where are you as far as a follow-up album? And then and then tell us briefly about your tour plans for the summer. Um, we're actually sort of quite far along with the next album. Okay. Um. So much so that I, I think it's highly likely that I'm probably putting the drum tracks down early fall, maybe late summer, early fall. Okay. Um, the plan is to release it next year. Is Paul on the record? At the moment, yeah, he is. I mean, it's, I mean, I, we haven't really got so far as to do all the guitars yet, but I'm, you know, that's for everyone to say. I think he'll be on it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> might be speaking out of my 
my rear end saying that, but uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time, right? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> tell, tell us uh, where can people see you live this summer? Where's the tour taking you? We're doing. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I can't even remember what the what the what the gigs are, but I, I know we're playing um, Greece. We got Scandinavia. Um, yeah, we got Bang Your Head in Germany, where we're doing the castles and eagles. Oh, sort of nice. thing with all the big video screen and everything. We're doing that. Yeah, we've got uh, Spain. Um, I can't remember where else to be quite honest with you. Fair Sorry. enough. No, but no. it's on the Saxon website anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, one last question I always have to ask you. Have you discovered any great new beer? <laughs> um, trying to think, really. No, I've sort of been sticking, you know, sticking with my favorite, which is, you know, Space Dust and More Cowbell. And uh, what, what's the other one I love? Two-Hearted Ale. That's the other one. Bells. There you go. Well, uh, let's let's do a pro, let's 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 talk about uh, y- your wife's candles. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's give a plug for those. What okay. uh, what does Gina have going on next with her candle company? And she's doing the old sort of retro type motel keychains too yeah oh cool yeah. okay yeah so they're on that now that's that's doing good she's just got a new lot um in fact i think we've got a delivery of um the new batch coming in today i think um so well, she's I, i've got my eye on one of the denim and leather and uh, i just yeah. got a judas priest the other day so really yeah yeah, Judas yeah. Priest, uh, 50 heavy metal years. Have you it listened smells, yet? It smells amazing. I, I posted something on Facebook and everybody wants to know, what does it smell like? And of course, all the jokes are, you know, yeah. I said it smells like Harley exhaust and black leather. And <laughs> people say it smells <laughs> like stale beer or whatever. But it's actually quite, uh, it's it's very clean and uh, actually a very pleasant smell. Yeah. Um, and they're packaged beautifully. Uh, the box that it came in, I'm looking at it right now. It's just out of reach. Uh, it's Where can of, people buy these? Yeah, her her company is called Evoke Candle Company. Right. And yeah. I, there's a website and you can go to yeah. it. It's on there. Yeah, and she's she's gone to uh, some to great lengths to get official licensing from some of these bands. Yeah. Uh, Judas Priest, of course. Uh, there was a Clash Candle. Uh, that she put out, um, Saxon, of course. Um, so, yeah, let me ask you, Nigel, what band is on her radar that she hasn't gotten yet that she wants to sort of turn into a candle? That's oh. a good question, actually. I know oh, she loves Toto. Yeah, she does love Toto. Um, Jeff Beccaro is her favorite drummer, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> damn, how do you fix that? <laughs> hey, you know, good choice, uh, I've got to say. Sure, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, actually. I mean, she's, she's sort of just sort of comes up with different things. For instance, she'll come up with something like which she's just done one called, um, I think it's called Mambo Italiano or something. And, like that smells, it. and it smells like tomato plant. It's fantastic. <laughs> wow, wow. That's not, that's actually pleasant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's one of the new ones that we're sort of waiting for delivery on today. Actually, I think uh, I think they're delivering them today. So, remind me, is, is there a, is there a Motorhead candle? Yes. 
And, and there's a Metal would, Blade Records. Metal Blade would, Records. Yeah, yeah, metal Blade Records. That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm wondering if the Motorhead smells like ashtrays and and cigarettes Jack. and Jack Daniels. Here's <laughs> 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 no, Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it uh, comes in this box, and then the candle itself has the Judas Priest logo on it. Uh, there is... Nigel, he hasn't lit it, lit it yet. I have not. There's the keychain. Oh, oh that's And it awesome. also came with, uh, I don't have them with me, they're behind me somewhere, uh, the snuffer and the, and the wick cutter. So you can uh, take care of your candle after you light it. So yeah, yeah really well done. Uh, there's on the back side of it. So yeah, check out Evoke Candles um, for your favorite headbanger gift. I think yeah, there's um there's a heavy metal drummer one. There yes, uh -oh. yeah, which, is, which is a picture of me from uh, God. Uh, I think that was in the um, the tour book that came from the Crusader times. Yeah, it looks like Crusader era. Well, does it does it smell like inexpensive gym shorts? Oh. <laughs> it smells like a sweaty headband. Sweat oh. oh, sweaty headband. <laughs> That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I went. I, you went high. I went low. Sorry. Uh, it smells of spandex. No, um, no, it was good because all the all. I mean that particular one. Uh, all the um, monies from that go to this um, charity because you know I had the brain hemorrhage thing. Yes. Right? Sir. Uh, it was uh, oh god, what's her name? The girl that played um, Amelia Clark that played the dragon girl in Game of Thrones. Right, right. She had she had two she had two of those or three of them as well. Oh no, bloody aneurysm things. Yeah. So she started a charity. So all the money's from from the Nigel Glockler candle goes straight to her charity. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And at the, there used to be a T-shirt that went with it. I don't know if those are out of print, but I know I got one, and I wear it proudly, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, we've, uh, we've got a few mediums left. There you go. Well, so lots, lots. I know, I know some people who I know. What was that? Sorry. Anyone that wants a medium shirt, you know, we've still got some of those. I think so. I know some people who wear mediums. Yeah. <laughs> you guys might hear from me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, just tell Gina we we like that stuff, and I wanted yeah. to bring it up. Yeah, yeah no, thank you. No, I'm glad you did. Lots lots going on in the Glockler household. You've got Evoke Candles. You've got Nigel, uh, new Saxon record called More Inspiration. Uh, there is the new album from The Flood uh, called Hear Us Out. And, yeah. of course, there's 6 by 6 that Nigel put out uh, early, late, uh, middle of last year, I guess. And, and uh, as I say, we're, we're working on the next one, which will be out next year as well. Right. So lots to look forward to, lots going on with the Glockler yeah. household. Yeah. Nigel, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining Thanks. us, man. Thanks, guys. We, we need, need to go to beers. Yes, yes. We're long overdue for a beer. And I know you're in Dallas. Uh, if you ever make your way to Austin, come see we're me. Plan we're that. planning a visit soon. Well, you know how to get a hold of me and I'll buy the first beer. Okay, you're on. <laughs> all right excellent excellent all right um, of my co-host jason mcmaster i'm metal dave glessner along with our special guest today nigel glockler on the talk louder podcast <laughs>